Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining you today, he's the founder of First Lock and the Remote CEO Academy. It's Trent Stonehouse. How are you doing today, Trent? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Alex. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Yeah, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, so, you know, I like to say A a lot. There's a little joke there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up uh, in a kind of like a suburb, suburban area outside of Vancouver. And uh, growing up, I had like some some early challenges. Happy to jump into that, but grew up just addicted to video games. I would say that was my uh, that was my thing. I was kind of a nerd for it. What so, were those go to games for you? Oh, man. Uh RuneScape, number one. If you don't okay. know RuneScape, that was my that was my moneymaker for uh, how I started learning like trading and numbers and actually just getting involved with like a community and friends. From there, I kind of got went into like Guild Wars 2, World of Warcraft, things like these. Yeah. So you kind of like the oh, RPG kind of style games. Those were the games I never got into. I don't know why. I think it was probably more like the sports, the Call of Duties, the Mario, the Pokemon, all those types of games were mine. What about those games did you enjoy? You talked about kind of learning those skills aspects, but did those bring out another side of you that you didn't know? <laughs> I love how we kind of jumped into it and I just, for jumping right into the game thing, because honestly, the the games for me, the reason why I fell in love with it is because it was such a great outlet for me growing up. Growing up, we uh, I was I was born deaf, and uh, I I did I had virtually no hearing um, in one of my ears, and the other ear right here thirty percent, so virtually deaf, um, and I was in ESL growing up so english second language um through elementary and a little bit of high school so it was always a challenge for me and i was always getting bullied a lot things like this and i didn't have like a whole lot of friends and so i would just go home and i would just nerd out on these video games and uh that was kind of my escape and also through these games it was a blessing of course i talked about like you know skills that i've learned but like literally skills like I learned how to you know speak having the microphone and Mm -hmm. typing texting all that kind of stuff came through gaming and honestly I think it's what really got me to a spot where I made it through school because I wasn't supposed to make it through school they were not expecting me to go through high school but you know I did it so there you go (laughs) especially with games that are on an online platform you basically don't have to reveal your life story to them so was this also an opportunity where you could truly be yourself without having to tell people I was born deaf I Mm -hmm. don't have hearing in one of my ears and things like that but they have no idea because they're only going based off of what you are currently doing in the game in difference of when you're going to school, people know how you're acting and know a little bit more about you. It's true. It's true. So it was that escape for me. And it really let me kind of get into a world of like competitiveness mm-hmm. where at school, I really couldn't do anything like that. You know, I didn't have the friends or the social circle to kind of get into like, like playing with other kids a lot. And, um, I didn't have any way of really finding competition 
And through these games, I kind of developed this like addiction to competition. And also, I think that's what led me to find entrepreneurship and get totally hooked to it. And it's just funny. Like, I really do give so much credit to gaming. Like, I talked to my mom, but I'm like, yo, if I did not, if you didn't let me get addicted to gaming, I don't know where the hell I would be. So. <laughs> At least you say gaming did something positive. Because if you tell a lot of parents, they'd be like, um, no, that gaming did not help my kid. Or it kind of took them in a different path that they thought their kid was going to go to. But I always say games are so powerful nowadays. Mm-hmm. I think, yes, the the concepts of the games might be a little iffy. Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty. But it's how they utilize motor skills, like being able to multitask in the game, kind of have a game plan, execute a game plan. All those skills that you mentioned is what they can utilize when they're in the job force, when they're using personal skills and things like that. And so it just shows how powerful games are that can help kids towards the future, even if some people don't agree with that. A hundred percent, man. What games did you play? So all the Call of Duty games, I mean, I did play Grand Theft Auto, but I told I didn't tell my mom about the certain things that happened in those games. She's like, oh, you just drive around. I go, yeah, you just drive around in that game. But I was a huge Mario Pokemon fan growing up, kind of still am, just because that was my childhood. And like my kids in the future, I want to teach them, find that game that you enjoy and you'll see your growth within that game and how much you actually care about it. But then you have the normal sports games. I I literally just went through stuff in my house and I found all those backyard sports games that were on the PC. And I was like, man, why can't they just make these anymore? Like, these are so much fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember there was this one football game. I can't remember what it was, but you're like a bunch of like kids and you form like your little football team and yeah. play up i don't know it was it was pretty fun but yeah I, I can relate to that but yeah it was definitely uh more about the the massive open world and uh kind of going big in there that's actually i actually built a name for myself on one of the games uh, when i was around like 17 18 years old i was playing a game called guild wars 2 okay. and um i started making video content on youtube i grew that to like thirty thousand subscribers six million views and uh i had this like cult like following there and like i started streaming on twitch tv before it was like just as it was going to twitch tv tv used uh, used to be justin tv but i got on right after that and i had like i don't know twenty thousand followers over there it was crazy and uh that's what i say opened the world to entrepreneurship for me because i was building an audience i was building a community I was having to learn a lot about social media, trying to get more people in and learning how to video edit. So to any parents that are saying like, oh, I don't want my kid playing games. Step back. Let's see if we can make a business model around this. Right. So like, (laughs) there's something there. You talked about how people told you that you weren't going to graduate in school. Did that kind of hit a personal effect on you that you couldn't live that normal life of a child or a kid or a teenager? You know, I came to terms with it pretty quickly and I almost did not care because my family growing up, we are four generations of longshoremen and longshoremen are people that work on the ports Mm -hmm. and it's a great paying job, very hard to get into. You have to know someone. And like I said, four generations. So obviously 
lots of family down there, got in. And that was my plan. I was just like, I'm just going to ride this out. And uh, so I didn't really care if I got through school, but I got through it. You know, I didn't need ESL eventually. And uh, I, uh, you know, I was good. I was solid. Got through, done. And then my plan was just, hey, I'm going to do the family, the family trade. And I ended up getting down there, man. And (laughs) almost on one of the first days, one of the foremen, I was on the site. And we were do working on a steel ship and these steel ships, man, are dangerous. And you're just picking like these giant pipes, beams to pipe up and like tons and tons, thousands of pounds. And uh, when these things go up, if you're in the way, you're dead if, if it falls. And so I was working down there and I, I don't know, whatever I was doing was not good enough in the foreman's eyes. And the foreman came up to me and was like, Hey, Trent, I think you should go back to working on computers and uh, get out of here. But he didn't say it so nicely like that. And at first I was like totally offended. I was like, man, my family's like four generations down here. What are you talking about? Right. I look back and I was like, yo, this guy is so right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> This guy was right. Yeah. Could you imagine if he did not say that to you where you would be today? Man, I think I was going to find it either way. But I look back at that and I, and I thank him and I'm like, wow, he was pretty wise. He saw something in me that I couldn't see in me in myself at that time. And so I think I was going to find this because I was not enjoying myself down there. And I think this happens to not even just people working for someone else. I think this happens to entrepreneurs all the time where they hate their business or they hate their job. Mm-hmm. Because they're doing things that don't align with their values or don't come naturally to them. It's not their strengths, but they're doing it for some reason, financial gain, whatever, status. And you get stuck in a position there and you become miserable. And so even though it's like I was making like over like six figures uh, a year, I was just like, yo, this is not, this is not me. I'm going to go take entrepreneurship and uh, go down that path and find something that more aligned with my values and aligned more with what I felt fulfillment from what I like to do. But I feel that's the same concept a lot of people nowadays look at where it's, even if they're not going in the entrepreneurial route, they're in a job because of a certain reasoning that they're trying to get to the level that they need to, or they need to get that experience because that dream job requires an outrageous amount, or there is other purpose. And I think nowadays, I feel that people should find another avenue in addition to that job that they may not like, but that they can enjoy. Like I do a job and a podcast, not saying I don't like my job. It's a way to get me to where I'm going next. But the podcast lets me explore other areas that I never got the opportunity to do. With that in mind, you talked about how entrepreneurial was a huge path. Was college ever a path for you that you wanted to even learn even more? Or was it going straight in the workforce like you did being on the dock and stuff? You know, I did explore college for a bit. um, And, you know, 
didn't work out for me quite that long. I, I was going to go there for like kinesiology, personal training and, uh, dropped that pretty quickly. I was about 19. Um, and so moved on from that pretty quickly. And I was just like, you know, I'm going to do the family thing. So was it ever going to be something where I was like, entrepreneurship was off the table. I don't like for me, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I was, I think I was just going to find that anyways, because I was doing the live streaming and I was doing some like sales jobs before I went into longshoring too, like door to door sales, learned a lot about that. And I was kind of addicted to competition. Mm -hmm. So like a lot of jobs, it's like, there's no real competition. So I like the aspect of like any kind of like sales job or any kind of like any kind of element that brought competition. And for me, I look at entrepreneur, like entrepreneurship, like a video game. It's always like leveling up. Oh, I'm getting yeah. that new sword. I'm getting that new skin. I'm like, I'm going up. I got that new client. Now I can unlock this yeah. and I can do this and I can do that. And so I found a lot of fun from this. I actually don't even game really anymore because I found the game for me is business. And so it's kind of changed that perspective in my mind. Interesting enough, but. As you were growing up, was there an entrepreneur that was kind of like a kind of inspiration for you or kind of like, I could see myself going down that path or I want to use it as a reflection to when I get into entrepreneurship. You know, I'm trying to think far back. And there was no real entrepreneur that I, that I really admired. And I was like, I got to be like him. I have many now that I like look up to, but like early on, it would have been like other live streamers, right? Before, like, I don't know if you know who Ninja is. Oh yeah. So like Ninja, there goes my dog. Um, Hopefully we can cut that, but um, Ninja, before he was Ninja, people are starting to come home. So one sec. Um, uh, But uh, before Ninja was Ninja, uh, he was live streaming all the time. I was watching his content. He didn't have a big following either. He was playing like games like H1Z1. So he was someone I looked up to too, because I had that wild quirky like style. I was all over the place. I was probably more hyper than Ninja was. And so (laughs) I was like, like all my viewers were like, why aren't you like way bigger than Ninja or these other people at that time even? So um, that was someone I looked at as like, I want to be like him, admire him, and I'm going to be better than him. Didn't work out. He's like the biggest streamer. But (laughs) I I, I looked up at other entrepreneurs around the along the way too. Um, You know, Conor McGregor coming up, he was an entrepreneur, but he was a fighter. But love him or hate him, I admired the hell out of him. He had that level of like law of attraction, that manifestation kind of vibe about him. He was able to call fights. He like he's like, I'm going to end this fight the second round, and this is how I'm going to do it. And he his mindset was unbreakable, and I fell in love with who he was as like a person. And I was like, wow, dude, this guy, this guy's amazing, dude. And from that, uh, he became a huge like inspiration for me gave me a lot of fire uh, in my early days. And uh, after that, you know, now it's like Alex Hermosi. That guy is like 
amazing. Highly recommend checking him out. Love Ed My Ed Milet. That's another great uh, guy that you know is really moving mountains in the entrepreneurial space. Same things with like Andy Andy Elliott. That guy's like a boss. These are great people. So uh, Toby Sanchez, another entrepreneur. Those are probably some of the biggest entrepreneurs that I look up to currently. Not yeah. specifically live streaming gaming. What was your first entrepreneurial company business plan that you executed? Executed on? I would say uh haven't executed any of those early ones except for my agency first look because they all kind of failed. <laughs> but did I bring a life, uh, bring to life a bunch of different businesses? Yeah. And uh I say the first business that actually had some some ground to it was a video production company. And I was doing video production and video editing. So I learned that skill from, you know, live streaming. And uh, that came from uh, basically a love of cars. And I kind of explored that. So I was focusing mostly in the car dealership world. And unfortunately, that kind of fell apart. I was in my early 20s still. Um, And so I didn't have nearly the experience I needed to kind of survive a car industry, which is, um, you know, full of really tough people. And after that, I tried a business called Zaster and no surprise, it it ended in a disaster. Actually, I was talking to uh, some of the people at Logitech because it was a gaming uh, company. I'll go into it. It's really fun. But uh, Logitech, they pointed out like, hey, man, you're company sounds like disaster. Like we don't like the name that much. I'm like, Oh no, please don't say that. Please don't say that. Cause I, was, <laughs> I didn't think about it sounding like disaster when I put you know it all together. And I was like, damn it. Now I can't unhear it and I can't unsee it whenever I look at it, but maybe that manifested something in itself, but that company was something extraordinary. Um, disaster grew to having 100,000 daily users. We had 6,000 live streamers using it. And we accomplished that all within 12 months with no marketing. It was just overnight viral success because everybody wanted to get their hands on it. We were basically displaying ads underneath a streamer's broadcast back when Twitch didn't allow streamers to collect on ad revenue. And so it just sweeped, obviously, because we we're giving out money. <laughs> and uh, that was something that was very exciting. I was flying all around uh, the country, uh, going all over the U.S. And uh, that thing put me like $40,000 in the hole, though. Wow. Uh, came back, right about to sign some deals with like Verizon and Tencent. And I find out Google shuts me down. I got shut down by Google. And uh, for me to recover from that, I would have had to rebrand. I would have had to do a bunch of different marketing, try to pull everyone over, get ads fired up again. And I was already kind of tainted in the ad space at that point with like Google. So it was going to be a really tough grind from there. And I was like, I can't keep going. But that was my first taste of success happening. And it tasted really good. And then it just blew up my face. Do you feel it was a lot of pressure for someone at your age at that level to be traveling around the world, work talking to big companies that maybe if you had like, not, I'm not going to say an investor, but like someone that you could reach out to that's been in that industry 
that you could go for advice that it could help to see where you could have taken those companies to if that you were still doing them today? It's kind of a what? Do you do you feel that it was a lot of pressure for you at the age that you were with those companies talking to big corporations and maybe that if you brought in guidance that it could help you where you could have had the knowledge of certain aspects before going big with them? Alex, absolutely. Like that was one thing. If I had a mentor, I know for sure. I don't know if it would have worked out, but I know for sure I would have got a lot further than I did because the moment I got a mentor after this, like after that whole scenario for my current businesses, it was nine day different. Like I was able to make a seven figure agency with a mentor. With doing it myself, I would have had to go through so many more years, even after that just trying to figure things out. Right. Cause we always have to pay. You're either paying with time yep. or you're paying with money to, to learn things. And through that experience, I paid with time and I paid a lot of money just for, just to get some experience, not even a lot. I didn't even figure out fully all my mistakes and how it could have been avoided. But if I had an entrepreneur, I like had a mentor at that time, Hell yeah. Like things could have been way different. Getting a mentor is so essential. And often people don't even look for one or they don't know how to go about one. Mm -hmm. And getting a mentor is, you know, I think extremely vital. Not having a mentor is like you trying to compete with all these other entrepreneurs and you're missing legs. I'll say that. So like they're outrunning you big time. So when you were in the hole, financially how did that play affect with you personally it was very dark times man very dark times I was super depressed kind of got into uh just a really bad state of mind I'd say and it was even kind of straining on my relationship with my girlfriend and I was pretty much finding myself back at the at the ports with the family. And that was this total, that was the place I was trying to get away from. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, dang, how did I get here? How did I screw this up again? Like, cause I had so many failures of other past businesses over and over again, but this one really hit. And I remember it was like a hot summer day and I was driving like a truck down the port and I was like beating my head on the glass. And I was like, damn it, man, what, the hell am I doing? What am I doing? What's going on? And I got a phone call and it was from um, someone who's a family member of my girlfriend. And he has a very successful agency uh, out in Seattle, you know, they're worth about $30 million. And this guy calls me up. He's like, Trent, I've seen what you've been doing. I've seen what you've been able to accomplish. You know, you're really great at building something else, uh, something up, but it kind of just crumbles because you, you don't know how to get it to the next level. Right? You don't have the fundamentals. And he's saying, that's the missing pie. That's the missing piece of the pie. And he's like, I, I want to take you up. Come on over. I want to show you some things um, and go ahead and be my first. I'll be your first client. So he's like, start a business. I'll be your first client. And I'm going to show you some things. And so from that, he took me under my wing, 
really helped me so much and uh, brought a lot of insight and value to me. And because of him, I got myself out of that, that really dark time uh, of being just depressed because I felt like I had no options, depressed because I was back to square one and he gave me hope. And through that, I built an incredible agency, right? Reverse look. And uh, I'm very grateful to that guy. Like I owe everything to him. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be an entrepreneur. I'll put it, I'll put it like that. And I was going to be in a very dark place for quite a long time. I think depression hits everyone when it's just, you don't, you feel like you don't have options. You feel like there's nowhere to go. And that's exactly what I was facing. And I think so many entrepreneurs can relate to that because so many times people try to hit their dreams or hit their goals and just doesn't work out for whatever reason. And that's why, again, I circle back to you need a mentor. You need a mentor. It's how you're going to skip a lot of that, that crap and get to the finish line quite fast. I guess I'll use the example with Shark Tank. As you mentioned how depression, if it doesn't go your way, you work so hard as an entrepreneur to get to where your dream is. And you might hit that boulder that's in your way of climbing the mountain. You see that show and some of those times the people don't get a deal on that show and it like crushes them because they've worked so hard to get to that stage to get a deal. But then you look at the interviews after and they're like, I'm going to use this as motivation. They take the advice that those sharks have given them and work really hard. And then you see the like during the episodes where they say, what have they been up to since not getting the deal? And they're still thriving because they didn't take that crushing blow as a way of saying, I'm going to be done. And I know from listening to you, you weren't going to stop because even when you were at the dock or the port, you were going to try any way to get back into entrepreneurial because you knew that's what you were meant to do. And that person guiding you or saying, calling you kind of lifted that spirit. And that's what you needed to get to where you are. Basically, like a phoenix, you had that crushing blow and you rose up out of the ashes and was like, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to make another mistake. We're going to make mistakes, but this is my opportunity to get to where I want it to be. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I tell the guy all the time, like, I'm so grateful to him. I think he's annoyed of how often I tell him actually. (laughs) (laughs) Like anytime I see him, like Seattle's like our second home because we go down there so often. And uh, every time I hang out with the guy, I'm like, bro, you're the guy. You're the guy that, you know, saved me, man. Love you. Respect to you, bro. And uh, I, I would do, I would do whatever that guy needs, man. So that's someone I would uh, put my life up for it, man. I'd, I'd say it like that. So there's not a, not a lot of people like outside of family that you would do that for. That's the guy right there that I would do it for. And Look, so, yeah. Looking at that guy, would you be, do the same thing he did for you to someone if they needed help? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm all about, man. Like, for example, like the Academy, my goal is to like, be a mentor to someone that I wish I had when I first started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know that my academy could bring someone to a level where they start seeing success. 
we always have to like either pay with time or you pay with money. And that's, I think from Grant Cardone, but you know, that it's just so true. But would I help someone like that? Absolutely. I would be, I would be so happy to help someone, you know, that was in my circle and I saw them trying and trying and trying. I want to help someone that is trying to actually make something of themselves. I don't want to help someone who's like, Hey, I'm interested in starting a business, but I've never really tried. And I'm a little lazy. Like I want to see someone give it a go. Right. And if you've given it a go, you got what it takes for sure. I'll reach out and help you. Or you kind of just join my academy. That's how I would look at it. Cause I've tried to help people before we're like, Trent, yeah, I really, I really want to get into business. And they're kind of like friends or family. And I'm like, okay, let's see, what can I do to help you? And they just didn't have the motivation or like the work ethic it takes to be an entrepreneur. And they just give up within like a week. Ooh. And so I think for me to spend my time trying to help someone, like even for free and be a mentor to them, kind of like what Sam, the guy, what his name, who helped me, um, I would need to see them try and try and try. And he saw me try and try and try and getting somewhere, right? Otherwise, you know, you got to get a coach. You got to get someone. Like, I think it's stupid not to pay for education because Alex Ramosi says this too. It's like, by you not having the knowledge or the skill to make a million dollars is what's preventing you from making a million dollars. It's not you going to work every day making a hundred thousand and eventually you're going to make that million that's it's going to take forever but it's about having that skill that knowledge to make it happen within like a year and you got to go out there pay for it or find someone that's going to teach you i love hearing that you would be that same guidance for someone because i think that's so important nowadays especially with the world of networking i think if you're able to help anyone and i would do the same thing if someone said I like how you do this with your podcast. I would want to be there for them because it's all about, I look at it as collaboration and I don't need to get paid for it. I I just want to help because it makes the world better that we're able to be there and support each other. And I think that's so important nowadays. With your two companies, what was the big message you were creating with those companies? What's the main goal that you're trying to fulfill? Yeah, honestly, with my agency versus look, that was just to build something like financially able to fulfill a life that I wanted to fill like a lifestyle that I was looking for. There was no like, oh, I'm going to like do this to help for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to build something that was going to let me work from home. I could do work when I want, whenever I want. And I kind of built it based off of like uh, uh, that book, Four Hour Work Week, right? Um, and Tim Ferriss and uh, in his book, Four Hour Work Week. And it was got me to a place where my agency now, where I'm only like working like three or five hours, maybe a week in it. And I hit that level there and I was just sitting kind of back and it's like this is cool and all but I feel like I needed to keep doing something I couldn't just sit and chill and I really like kind of sat down and looked inside I was like I really want to make an impact and I want to do something that really I get to express myself out in and that's where the academy is I get to be a coach 
and I get to be a mentor to people. I get to, you know, teach. I get to have present videos. These are all things that I love to do. And I get to be that kind of character that I used to be when I was like gaming and, you know, being on camera, live streaming. So it's kind of got that nostalgic feeling to it. And I really enjoyed it. Um, and so I wanted to build a company that would allow me to get that kind of that feeling back that I used to have when I was like a live streamer on Twitch. And I also thought I can make a huge impact in someone's life, mm-hmm. right? It, doing marketing is not going to do much of making someone's life drastically different. Sure. You're going to get more leads. Cool. But then what? Right. Am I, is your system going to fall apart? Like, can you fulfill it? Are you going to break because you're wearing all the hats in your business? Are you going to feel burnt out? Are you going to feel miserable? What if you pay for all these services? You can't close them. You can't, you can't close the leads that we're giving you. Now what? You're, you're out of money, right? This is, this is, was not a fulfilling thing for me, but it's great because it, you know, generates cash flow. But the remote CEOs Academy was the passion project that I'm trying to build and make something big. Because like I said, I know that I can change a lot of lives by giving them the foundations and showing them how to get client acquisition systems and how to optimize their operation systems. And by that and doing that, you will have a successful business. And so that's my main focus currently. And I'm just loving every minute of it. Do you feel that with a lot of coaches, a lot of times people are looking for someone that has been through the challenges, they have been facing those positive, negatives, obstacles, accomplishments, that they're able to connect with you and look at you as this is the person I want to go to because of the experiences you have been through and how you've built a business. And But you've also struggled with businesses. Right. And, you know, Alex, to answer your question, I don't think people are looking for that. I think people get messed up pretty bad, man. They'll go out thinking like, yeah, I do need a mentor. I do need a business coach. And then they go out there and they just try to find anyone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shitty coaches out there. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you can. <laughs> okay, cool. There are a lot of crappy coaches out there, Alex. And the problem is, is because they're business coaches. They've only ever been a business coach. They've never had a business. And if they did have a business, it failed. I currently still run my agency. My agency is still running. It's still operating. It's a seven-figure agency. I've built it to a place where it only needs three hours, five hours of my time a week. I am able to say, hey, this is what I've done. Mm -hmm. So many other business coaches are like, yeah, I've worked at this company. This is what they did, um, but they don't have that real life experience. They never went through that. They are just a coach. So do I think you need to run out and get any coach? I kind of framed it like that, but no, you should be selective about who you're going to hire as a coach or who you're going to try to get as a mentor. The best way to go about this for anyone that's looking for a coach or looking for a mentor is find someone that is accomplished something that you admire, that you would want to accomplish yourself. I'm not going to be the best coach for everyone, right? I wouldn't be the best mentor for everyone. Why? Because if you're looking to grow a huge personal training brand, that ain't me, man. I don't like to work out. 
<laughs> We're looking at the wrong place, man. Right? Um, it's about finding someone that's done it. And it's done in the area that you want to grow in. So if you want to build like an agency, a coaching business, um, a pro, a course program, and you're trying to build a, a company like that, love it. Come on in. Happy to take care of you. But like I said, if you're a personal trainer or you're trying to build like a plumbing business or something, hey, you've got to go find someone that's done it. And don't just hire any coach because there's so many business coaches out there who be like, yeah, I can take on any entrepreneur. Screw you. You're, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, dude. And there's so many of them. So many. So be careful. But yeah, Alex, to answer your question in short, I don't think people are actually thinking I need to go find the right coach. They're just looking for any coach. And it's going to lead to more troubles. I'm actually glad you're honest about that because that's how I view this world nowadays with coaches is I think the one example, and you kind of mentioned it, is the personal training side. You see all these influencers, all these fitness content creators that think that they can be trainers, but they don't have certifications. They don't know the real way of helping all different types of people. They think, well, I did the work myself. Well, that's because you were focusing on you, but did you go to a coach who actually had the training? Um, One thing I look at is I'm a type one diabetic and I've been in the fit doing fitness I'm going to trust someone that has diabetes and fitness because they know my biggest struggle is the diabetes aspect in fitness. I'm not going to go to someone that has a fitness background, but they've never worked with someone with diabetes. And so, like I said, like I've used those people as mentors because they've gone through the challenges. If I talk about a blood sugar, they know what I'm talking about. But like for you, you've gone through entrepreneurship with remote working as a CEO and things like that. You have the knowledge in that kind of space. So if I was going through that, I would know who I need to go to because you have the credentials, you have the experience and the biggest thing, you're doing it as you're helping people. Exactly. Yeah. I love that you said that because, you know, you, you got the right idea there and I'm glad that you found that specific help. Don't just choose anyone. Like, that's what I would say to anyone. Just be careful, right? Just choose someone that's done something or lived through something that you're wanting to accomplish yourself and uh, find someone who has succeeded in it, not just went through it. Because there's a lot of coaches out there that I've had this business, it just didn't work out or whatever, but now I teach you how to do it. Why do you want to learn from someone <laughs> who failed in it, right? It's like you getting a personal trainer for uh, can help you with diabetes, right? And knows that, but, you know, hasn't been able to succeed in it, right? It doesn't make any sense. So you want to hire someone that, yeah, that kind of knows what they're doing in the field. Out of all the accomplishments you've mentioned, is there an accomplishment in your entrepreneurial journey that you've been on that you haven't shared yet that you are proud of? Man, something that's come up recently for me that I've been very proud about, which we spoke a little bit off camera about, is the public speaking journey. So in recent years, probably just the last year, I've been, not even less than that, I've been exploring public speaking and getting on stage and speaking to an audience, coaching a live audience. These are things that I really aspired to to accomplish. I really wanted to to accomplish this. And um, now I'm finally taking action on it. And I hired... Um, a 
TEDx speaker who now teaches other speakers how to get ready, how to get stage ready, get on stages, how to do that. And so he's been a godsend helping me accomplish this. Um, now I've just this year spoken at like three different events. I got one coming up Monday, July 24th, and that's the Internet Marketing Mastermind. And that's uh, the largest digital marketing event in Vancouver. And I'm going to be speaking in front of two to 300 people, um, two to 300 entrepreneurs. And so I'm a little nervous for it. I'm very excited though. And it's a huge accomplishment for me because I was born deaf, man. Speaking was not a thing that I was very good at. Um, my vocabulary is still even very small. Like I don't venture too far out. Um, and growing up through ESL, it wasn't in the it wasn't in the cards for me, man. But here I am now getting on stages in front of two, three hundred people. And I'm very proud of that. So that's an accomplishment that is very new that I haven't really expressed or shared. With the future and speaking for you, is there a dream stage that you view yourself being on in the future? Of course. Yeah. TEDx. I want to get on there. That would be amazing. If I can get on TEDx, I would uh, I would mark something off my vision board for sure. <laughs> and then it's all over YouTube and then you can watch it every single second of the day because you only work three to four hours a week. So, Well, three to four hours a week on my agency. Now I'm putting in some work to grow this new uh, acad- this academy up for sure. But yeah, I mean, that would be something that I would leverage a lot. You know, it would be an inspirational piece that to motivate other people saying, hey, you can do it too. And it would be uh, a piece that could also drive a lot of traffic to what I'm doing. So yep. there's just so many different avenues on how I can benefit so many different people, but uh, including myself. So, yeah. When you're not working, our g- listeners love learning even more about our guests. What do you like to do for fun? I mean, you, you said you don't game anymore, so we might have to get that back on your your list of things to do now. Yeah, I mean, look, I was looking at Diablo 4 here, and that came out, and I was, like, so tempted to go get it. Uh, But gaming might be coming back in the future. We'll see. For now, my (laughs) hobbies, man, my hobbies are not not a whole lot, to be honest with you. It's my girlfriend. It's my dog. It's my friends. Those are my, like, little outlets that I get to, like, just have some downtime with. Um, you know, it was funny. I was sitting on the couch at Sam's house, the mentor that like saved my life. And I was sitting there with him and he knows that I used to be like super addicted to video games. And I was sitting there with him and I was like, you know what? Just, it's just recent years. I, I'm experiencing real life and real life's not too bad. And he just started laughing. It's like, I, I didn't go out and hang out with a lot of people. I didn't do a lot of things. I just stayed at home gaming all the time, but Real life is pretty nice, man. So I'm trying to like absorb as much as possible. With that said, like I'm picked up golf. I'm terrible at it. I <laughs> get at it. <laughs> Maybe I got to hire a coach there. Uh, but that's that's kind of my hobbies and what I'm all about right now. Why golf? Is there something that draw you, drew you to it? They say golf is the sport of business. You're not wrong about that. Right? So... If I'm all about business and I enjoy it and it's the video game for me, why am I missing out on that power potion, right? I got to take that power potion so I can level up some more, right? So 
That's how I see it. I'm doing a I'm doing a side quest right now, Alex. That's what it is. <laughs> doing the side quest so I can get that experience to level on up. And that's golf for me. And so there is some fun to it as well, right? And it's something that gets me outside, gets me moving and experiencing real life, something that's quite new to me. <laughs> Listeners, if you're listening to this, we're basically living in one big video game here because we're just explaining how our lives are a video game nowadays. I will say golf for me, I'm horrible. I'm known as the guy that hits everyone's windows. So if you live on a golf course, you just better put like a barrier up. But I will say I haven't done it in so long and my golf clubs are literally right over there. I need to get back out there because there's something about it. And I look at some of these golf courses that like Pebble Beach, just that one hole that the water is all on whatever side it is. I can't even think of what the hole it is. But to me, it's just enjoying nature. Like Mm -hmm. if you're an outdoor person, golf is one of those sports that you're just going to enjoy, even though I'm going to be searching for the ball the whole entire time. And it's going to take me all day to get to the (laughs) end. Man, I agree with you. There's a there's a course out here in my area called Morgan Creek. And if anyone comes to the Vancouver area, highly recommend it. And there's a hole. I think it's hole 16. And when you come up to it, you overlook the valley and just a huge mountain range. And it's just so beautiful. And um, if you love getting out there, like seeing the scenery, Golfing's a great way to go about it, but you're lucky that you can hit houses. I'll say that, by the way, because I can't hit the ball like 20 feet. So I'm not. No one's at risk with with me playing on their course. I'll say that. So you talked about how your journey has been with being born deaf to where you are today. If you could describe your journey that you've been on with over overcoming obstacles and achieving your goals, how would you describe that in one word? Or multiple words, if it's hard to pick one word. Man, the first thing that came to my mind is just underdog. I, don't I love that. that. I love that word because I view myself as underdog. Like mm. sports, business, working out, uh, podcasting. Everyone's going to doubt me, but I just show that you can't underestimate me. Right. But why do you feel you're an underdog? Well, you know, I had a lot of challenges, like I said, like with um, with the being born deaf, right? I don't think I would have been able to get to where I am without the help of like the the amazing teachers, right? My parents supported me a lot there too. And um, the video games, man. <laughs> like, honestly, um, I... I wrote myself off a lot throughout this entire journey too, right? I didn't always have like unbreakable spirit, like the great Conor McGregor. That's why I looked up to that guy. I was like, dang, man, right? So I didn't have it. Um, So I would count myself as an underdog for all those reasons, right? And uh, just being born deaf was something uh, I still feel like I have challenges sometimes with. It's not that I'm deaf anymore, but it's, uh, you know, smaller vocabulary. I need to work on that still, things like that. I'm afraid to pronounce some words. That's why it's a smaller vocabulary because I struggle with pronunciation. But um, I didn't let let it stop me. Not not today, not for the last past like five, six years. 
I haven't ever like been in my head about it right at all. So um, yeah, I would say underdog is a well-suited label that I think I ride and I hold, I'm going to hold like true to me. Right. I think that's, uh, that's my sign. (laughs) The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Mm, I love that, man. I love that. Good question. Good question, Alex. Well, it is just having an unbreakable spirit for me. Um, just the, the the belief of not giving up. I think people are too quick to give up these days. And the moment there's some sort of difficulty in front of them, they call it quits. Yep. And I think it's about having the will and the courage to keep moving forward. And if you can have, if you can do that, you could just keep moving forward. You're going to get to the finish line. You don't need a coach or a mentor, but you're going to be waiting a long time. But you will do it as long as you keep going forward. Anything's possible, and you will get to the finish line. Well, Trent, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people, and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you. Hey, thank you so much, Alex, for having me. I really do appreciate it, man. Tune in next time. Hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel through the full-length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.